Feel the rhythm. The highlight of your week has arrived, Andrew. Yes, it has. Feel the rhyme. I don't know how to say your Instagram handle, so I'm not even going to try. Get on up. It's 11 o'clock on a Saturday. We all know what that means. That you're probably keeping me from watching a Liverpool game? Yep. It's podcast time. Hey, welcome to Rust Belt Running. I am Andrew Hedinger, also known as Andrew Runs A Lot on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I want to thank you so much for joining me tonight. Uh, Adam is not with me tonight. I believe Adam is at the Elton John concert this evening, but I'm not going to leave you empty-handed. I had the great pleasure of interviewing a friend from many, many years ago uh, from Castle Rock, Colorado, by way of Snellville, Georgia. If you know my history at all, you will know I graduated high school in Castle Rock, Colorado, by way of Lawrenceville, Georgia. So uh, Eric Harden is a—he's he, he, a good—he was a good friend of mine in high school. We, you know, lost touch uh, over the years, as uh, many high school friends naturally do. But I recently began talking again, just through running and uh, Eric had the chance to run the New York city marathon uh, last weekend. And I wanted to get the chance to talk to him about it. Uh, we we've talked before about uh, New York city and uh, you know, I, I thought it would be cool to get a runner's perspective on it, especially so fresh. And it's not, it's cool. Cause not only is he going to talk about uh, the New York city marathon, he's going to talk about, this being his first, going through his first marathon training cycle and then running his first marathon as New York City. I mean, to get to talk to somebody this close, it's been eight days at time of recording since Eric crossed the finish line in Central Park. And to get the chance to talk to somebody so fresh off of it, like that's just really exciting to me because I, I, I thrive off people's excitement for running. And uh, getting the chance to hear Eric and uh, just how excited he is. It, w- it was just a lot of fun tonight and I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I think you will too. So there's so many other things to talk about in running. Uh, and I was going to get into some of them uh, tonight, but Eric and I, we talked for a while. So I, I credit that to, uh, to old high school buddies trying to catch up and report a cup record report a pop pass record a podcast all at the same time so uh, it's been 15 years so give eric and i a, a little bit of a break if if it's not perfect uh conversation but i i, I honestly this could have just not ended and i would have been totally okay with that so uh without further ado uh this is me andrew runs a lot with my buddy eric Hartman. <laughs> All right, so I am here with Eric Harden officially. Uh, Eric, where are you from? I'm from Snellville, Georgia. Snellville, Georgia. This is crazy. So I'm from Lawrenceville, Georgia, stone's throw away from Snellville. And uh, what's your high school alma mater? It's Douglas County High School in the Castle Rock, Colorado. Huskies, baby. Huskies. <laughs> purple, purple and black. uh so eric is a high school friend of mine from castle rock colorado and 
Eric, you just recently ran the New York City Marathon. Yeah, yeah, I did, and I'm still feeling it. Uh, and eight days on. <laughs> and we're going to talk all about that, but I wanted to share one funny story that I had to dig deep in my memory to find. I wanted to have like a silly anecdote of Eric and I in high school. And there was uh, one day, I don't know what sparked us to do this, but it was the day after John Ritter unfortunately passed away. Okay. You and I, during lunch, got the entire lunchroom to have a moment of silence for John <laughs> Ritter. <laughs> I completely forget about that. <laughs> I don't know why it was funny then. I don't know why it's it's funny now because I remembered it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but it was just, maybe it's because we thought like nobody's going to know who John Ritter is. How are we going to get everybody to have a moment of silence for him? Yeah. Oh man. I, I was thinking about you know you said you had a story and I was thinking about all the ones and that did not but that that's good. Yeah, that's I was thinking like maybe we would because our school had closed campus for lunch where we weren't allowed out. But, but you and I would go to your house in the meadows and go have lunch. We'd go make sandwiches. And yes. You had like a red bug, right? Well, no, I had the red Subaru GL. That's right. OK, red Subaru GL. And, and it was just I mean, the thing shook a lot. <laughs> just thankful we always made it back to school. That was the most <laughs> oh and skipping advisement to go to the b&b cafe did you do that with us you did that you had to have done that with us absolutely absolutely that was that was a standard of i think going to high school at douglas county was yeah. <laughs> so it's been 15 long years i don't think eric and i had talked much uh besides just kind of in passing on social media because now i'm in ohio and you're still in denver correct yeah, yeah. I went to school. I went to college down in Durango for four years and then uh, popped back up here right after. And then, yeah, I uh, met my wife about a year later and, yeah, sticking it out here. And just last week, you ran your first full marathon. Yeah, yeah. Whatever whatever clicked in my brain, to, I, I always told, you know, because I'd run several halves over the last five, six years and some endurance challenges is you know in the mountains and stuff like that and uh but i was like oh no i won't do a i won't do a full and then um you know certain motivations certain kind of do it now or don't do it uh and uh yeah got it done uh that's the uh, the best i can say for it it was an experience it was a learning experience for sure well so you said just something clicked was it just something you randomly woke up one morning and was like i'm gonna raise money to be able to run the New York City Marathon? So, yeah. So, I mean, it was it was one of those things where, well, so I'll take a step back. So I had I'd started running, really seriously running, probably almost six years ago now. Yeah, grew up playing soccer, played soccer in college, stopped playing. And, and you know, it could, I felt it just kind of lazy and there was like a void, needed like some something to push myself. So I started running, doing a few halves a year. And an old teammate of mine last year um, convinced me to go do the uh, Pikes Peak Ascent um, down in Manitou Springs. And so we trained all summer for that. And the training was, 
I mean, while different was similar to a full marathon training in the sense of like you had to train for that sort of output, like you were going to be moving for four hours just due to the incline. Um, you know, it's like 11 and a half percent on average as you're climbing up that. And how far is that? It's 13.3. So you start in downtown Manitou and are set to go all the way to the peak. It's just all uphill the entire way. And it's honestly, it's a speed hike, right? Like you run the parts you can run, but at 14% with rocks and sliding dirt, like you're not really running it. Right. Um, You're just moving as quickly as you can. So we trained, I mean, we trained for four months. We'd get up early, go find, you know, a place nearby in the foothills, drive 45 minutes and go run at elevation and do all that. So we trained all summer and come race day, literally everyone's lining up to go. We're about 15 minutes from the start. The race director gets on the bullhorn. There's probably like 200 people running this and they're expecting severe weather up at the peak later that day. So they instruct us that they'll be turning us around at like the nine mile mark. So instead of peaking, you know, you go to nine miles and you turn around and you have to go nine miles down. And I was like, you know, everyone's upset, everyone's frustrated, angry. And uh, so we, you know, me and my buddy, we go up and we do the nine. And we're just kind of worked up at this point, still a little pissed off. And we end up running all the way down, which hurt, honestly, so much more than going up. Just jamming your toes to the you know the pops of your feet and just kind of bouncing off rocks and all that. But, you know, got back down and demanded to and, you know, looked down. I was like, well just did 18 miles. I was like, I could do a, you know, I could do a full. And so that sort of clicked, you know, that was kind of the moment where I was like, ah, I can do this, you know, and then started talking to a couple of buddies who were one who had been running marathons for a while. The other was kind of interested in it and we're like, all right, let's go, let's go pick one and go do it together. So let's kind of, let's just tell the whole story here. So now training. So you decided you were going to do one. And then you had to go through the gauntlet that is marathon training. Yeah. <laughs> what was your first? And you have, you have a kid too. You have a four year old, correct? Yeah, she'll be she'll be five on Christmas Eve. So, well, happy early birthday to her. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so what was what what were some of your takeaways from your first full training cycle? Like, what what did you love about it? Hate about it? Like, how did you do it with a kid? Yeah, I I loved it all, honestly. That was probably like my favorite part of it. I think it goes back to like again, just growing up playing sports. I always did better when I was in season, like in college, my grades were always better in season because I loved the structure of it, right? Yeah. I gotta do this and then I gotta do this and then I gotta do this, and then I, you know, go to sleep essentially. Um, and so yeah, starting June thirtieth, you know. It was, you know, pressed go and went. And uh, I loved the training, you know. I mean, you you know how it is. It, there are good days and bad days. But mm-hmm. by and large, I just enjoyed the challenge because, you know, when we, you know, when you get into the later stages and you're hitting those weekend long runs, like each next run is your longest run ever. And right. so it was kind of like this challenge, you know, and there were awful days and there were amazing days. But, yeah, I mean – juggling it with a family was incredibly difficult um my wife's amazing in the sense that she kind of knew this was something i needed to do and wanted to do and so 
was supportive. And then, you know, was juggling the calendar, getting up really early, you know, before the sun and getting out and running on the weekends or even doing like a Friday. Um, I travel a lot for work and Fridays are typically office days for me where I kind of sit in my home office and catch up on things through the week that I had missed. So I would get out early on a Friday morning and go do, you know, 15, 16 miles, come back, you know, stretch, eat, and then get back to work, you know, at nine o'clock or something like that. So it was a lot of, it was, you know, I had my structured plan and then was able to, you know, luckily move, move it around from time to time. But it was a lot of unfortunate like, hey, I'm traveling in Kansas City, kind of in the middle of nowhere uh, for where the hotel was. And so I'm running, you know, eight miles on a hotel treadmill and just like, you know, dripping sweat everywhere. You know, the people are moving away from me on like coinciding treadmills because I'm sweating so much. And it was, you know, so the the uh, the challenge of getting the miles in at times was difficult. But I, I loved the training aspect. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I hear a lot of... Uh... Yeah, you you have to move the schedule around. Yeah, when you have a kid, you just you have to make it work. Yeah, and you know things like plan vacation. Just, mm-hmm. You know, like we, my I, I know you lived in Austin for a few years. My my wife's uh, mother and her sister they both live in Austin, so we were down there for the Fourth of July. And you know Austin in the summer, and it was the first week of training, and I'm running around Town Lake, and just I mean. It's, feeling like I'm going to pass out because it's just so humid and I'm not used to that. You know, I'm running right. at 30 in the morning to try to avoid the heat, but that time <laughs> there's, there's no avoiding heat. There's just getting less of it. Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. And then we did another family trip to Charleston. So again, another incredibly humid place, but you know, we're on the beach. So got out early and kind of ran the Island we were on, which was just a cool way to see it. I got to, you know, I knew where all the spots were. I knew where the good beaches were and all that just by running around so it was you know it was it was you know interesting and difficult but like i said i it was it was something like i kind of like a week after i'm already like kind of missing the structure of like oh i need to go run five miles right now you know go out and knock that out or whatever yeah you you got the bug my friend (laughs) you got the bug you've at least have you registered for a second rate uh second full yet Oh, not yet. Not yet. We're, I'm in, I'm in negotiations with my better half on <laughs> what the next move was. It's funny. One of the episodes I list, uh, listened of yours, you were talking about Vegas, you were thinking of, and that's one I've looked at for a long time, even just like the half. I was like, yeah. what if, like in, in, you know, living in Denver, that's an easy hour plane flight right. and it's an amazing place to, you know, go to. Right. Um, so it's funny. You, you had mentioned that one so now that you've got that in my head um you know i'll run i'll run a spring half you know maybe do a couple here uh locally but i'm not sure when the next next full is but there there will be a next full yeah well that's good to hear you you at least made it you've made it longer than me i registered for my second full the day after my first one i just (laughs) i couldn't i that i was too high and (laughs) i couldn't stay away and registered for columbus after i ran cleveland Right. right. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the experience itself. So uh, New York, I mean, this is on the bucket list of a lot of runners. A lot of people are envious of you because they do the lottery every year. And I mean, I know people who have been uh, 
denied like 10 years in a row. Yeah. And well, and that was the thing, right? Is, is I originally did the lottery, got rejected and, you know, it was kind of sitting there kind of bummed um, because one of my buddies just qualified with his fast time. So he qualified, he was a boss, he's a boss. Austin guys, so he got in. The other one got in via the lottery because he lives in Manhattan, um, and you get a, a bit of preference there. So I was like, "Oh man!" Like my two good friends got in, and I didn't. So I was kind of sit there, sat there, kind of bummed. Right. And thought about it, and I was looking. You know, they send you that email, like, "Well, you know, it's not over yet. There are other options, right?" And so um, I ended up going the charity route, and um, this, you know, was kind of. I don't know. I, I, the way I always kind of look at big tasks, you, you always have to have your why, right? Like your purpose for doing it. And this ended up being the purpose for doing it. Um, so I, I looked through the charities and I found one in particular. I was like, I'm not going to do it just to you know check the box and get in. I want to do it if it means something. So I found um, the uh, National Organization of Rare Disorders, NORD. Um, my closest friend, my roommate uh, uh, through college and teammate, his uh, daughter was born with a rare kidney disorder um, named cystinosis. And um, she had got diagnosed with that about a year ago right now. So about a year ago, no, last November, um, they found out um, and she was about one at the time. So I was like, well, this is perfect. This was a website I'd gone to. Um, an organization I had gone like, gone and done the research to learn like what this cystinosis diagnosis meant, you know what the treatments were, you know trying to kind of wrap your head about you know what your best friend's going through and what his daughter's going through as well. So I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, so I emailed them, kind of gave them my story, and they were like, well, this is great. We like to partner people with community partners. Um, so it sounds like you already have yours. So. Hayden and I, um, you know, kind of joined together and did the uh, fundraising um, to, you know, qualify uh, to get in. Um, so that was kind of my slot in. But it ended up being, you know, like I said, the biggest motivating factor, right? Not just, you know, what my buddy, his daughter Hayden, are, you know, go through each day and the challenges that they have, but getting to, you know, hear these other people's stories, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like whether it's the person running themselves or their family member or, you know, whatever, they all, all these super powerful stories that kind of motivate you through the doldrums and through the days where you're tired and you really, really don't want to go. And even during the race, it was like, you know, kind of my mantra, kind of repeating, you know, things I'd read and all that. So it ended up being one of those blessings to go that route, um, to get in, uh, it just, it just is a sure, just, you know, pure motivation and just kind of that extra bit that you need a lot of times. It's kind of cool. We've had a, we have some podcast friends who uh, run for charity and we've interviewed them twice actually about their progress. Uh, Cause they're trying to do all six uh, world marathon majors through the charity program. And it's it's just cool to hear different perspectives because you just offered a different one with it being your why and your motivating factor. I know it is for them too. I don't want to like sit here and say they're not motivated by what they're raising money for. It's just cool to hear you verbalize it that way and say that. I think that's a it's really neat to you know understand during those miles. You know that that 
that 20th mile where you're starting to hit the wall and you want to give up and you've not approached it before. Yeah. You, you had something, you know, more powerful than just crossing that finish line to kind of push you a little bit. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So that was, that was kind of the cool, yeah, that was the cool motivation behind it. And, you know, doing something like that at all. So kind of, you know, bought it, got the whole family bought in, right. We talked about kind of juggling schedules and it was like, you know, when I needed to go do something or, you know, when I said, all right, you know, I know we have this, you know, planned event. Let me just give me, you know, a couple hours. Let me go run. And you then, could guilt trip the wife and <laughs> into being like, really? remember this. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was, you know, little things like that. I mean, it was, it, it, it uh, it made all the difference, but yeah, I mean, it, now you have me thinking about like all the training runs, like 15 miles in Houston in October and it's 87 degrees and I'm dying. And all of a sudden this rain comes in and I'm like, Oh, I'm saved, but cooled off, you know, it, it, it all, instantly felt better. But then I'm in downtown Houston in a rainstorm and I'm running in ankle deep water in no time. And I'm like six miles from my hotel and just bombing it, You're just running as fast as I can because it is just a flash flood, and then cars are splashing waves of water on me. I mean, just you know, crazy times, especially just unfortunate with the unfortunate travel I have to do with work and 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 you know, seeing in laws and all that. It's a it, it made for some wild times. So, how many of your long runs actually happened at home with what? all the travel and everything? What? It, quite a few i always tried to structure it so that i was you know some were unavoidable um but i would say the majority you know were luckily here in colorado um i live right near the highline canal which is a beautiful trail uh and ran that a lot kind of goes through uh cherry hills village down to cherry creek like that whole area is pretty i live right up against the uh, cherry creek reservoir so there are tons of trails out there so i had a lot of trails but I knew, you know, I knew researching the uh, course in New York, there were a lot of hills. I mean, Manhattan, the Bronx, all the bridges, there's right. going to be a lot of hills. So, and I knew we start on a bridge, you know, you start in Staten Island on the bridge and instantly yep. leave Staten Island up a bridge. And that's the biggest hill. Luckily, I live at a bottom of about a mile long hill. And so that was always the first mile I did was all uphill just to kind of train my body to you know take it easy and then you know work it work into it you know kind of start slow and then kind of ease yourself into it did you find see that it this is why i'm so good at podcasting because now we're going to move into the race yeah <laughs> so transition <laughs> so did you did you find as as we transition to the race here itself here did you find that first mile to be beneficial because it did keep you kind of dialed back because I mean, we all know it's really tough that first mile to not go. You feel a lot better than you should. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, well, and that was the thing too, right? Is there's so many people running the race. I mean, mm -hmm. you were packed, so you weren't going any faster than the group you were with, and you know, everyone was moving at a pretty decent pace, about where I wanted it to be. But it was amazing when I got to the top of the bridge, and I, I was like, oh. Like I'm that that was the biggest climb in the course, and like I'm done. And I felt like I just bounded. I don't even I didn't even feel like I was running. It just right. I kind of slided up that first mile, 
mile. And, and you have this unreal view of Manhattan. You can see Brooklyn, you know, and you, I mean, people are stopping and taking photos. You know, you have people, you know, with GoPros filming. I mean, it's, it's a scene uh, on the bridge for sure. Cause it's that first mile and everyone's feeling it and music's blaring and all that. And uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was amazing. It's, it's, it's hard not to get, you know, taken in by all of it. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I've never run a like big city race like that. And, you know, I, I'm a big champion for the Columbus Marathon. That's my favorite race in Ohio, for sure. Yeah. I can't imagine the spectacle around New York. So why don't you tell me a little bit about – I want to hear a little bit about the spectacle because I've watched it on TV. Yeah. But I have a feeling that that does not do it justice. Yeah, it's the entire, like, buildup to it, too. I mean, just the week leading up, they do, like, the expo, the sh- showcases you know you have all the major companies in town they're setting up all throughout the city um you have i mean the international right like i think over a third of the people running came in, came from a different country right so you have you know like right like in my corral i was right next to these five french guys you know and like are people running with argentinian flags you know and it's just I mean, just like the the atmosphere was wild. They do like an opening ceremonies, and you know, it's just it, it was it was unlike. I mean, the the whole like build up to it was wild. The expo was insane. It was it was out um, by Madison Square Garden and this mass, obviously this massive convention center, and uh, just like getting through it, just the sea of humanity. It was insane, and so you know, you're sitting in staten island for three hours before you race just because the traffic's so bad getting out there it's like you get i got on uh what new york public city library or yeah new york city public library got on the bus there went down to staten island we had no traffic and sat in the dark until the sun came up and it's (laughs) you know it's freezing and you're trying not to shake because you're wasting energy doing that and uh and then all of a sudden you see everyone just filing in. You see the traffic starting to build up on the bridge. You know, you like start getting that bit of a buzz, you know, you're getting everything going. And uh, I mean, just the pre-race spectacle alone was wild. You had choppers flying overhead. You had, you know, cannons going off. Like right before each wave, they fired a cannon. And it was right near the starting crowd. When mm-hmm. they fired a cannon, like it shook me. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it just like started running. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, they, you know, it's New York. Everything's bigger, right? I mean, they, right. they uh, I mean, the pre race stuff was wild. In race was, I mean, the support was deafening. Just the amount of people from the moment you got off that first bridge and into Brooklyn. I mean, a sea of people everywhere you turn and everyone's yelling, everyone's got funny signs, ringing bells, you know, and it's just a buzz. And the whole time I'm like in my head, just being like, hold back, hold back, like don't get wrapped up in it. Cause when you get to Brooklyn, there's these long, steady downhills where you could just absolutely bomb if you wanted, right. Just absolutely take off. And and then, you know, you hit fifth Ave at mile 21, 22 and you're dead, you know? So it was kind of, that was all I'd read. That's all I'd heard. So I was just constantly telling myself to just relax and not, you know, take in, take it in and take the encouragement, but not, you know, kill myself too early. I think that's a, uh, 
a big thing with those big city races is to take it in unless you're able to, you know, be fast enough to really be up towards the front, uh, it, which is going to be like sub three. Like it, unless you're running a sub three, you're not going to be up towards the front with how massive these races are. Yeah. You need to just like slow down and enjoy it. I mean, they called New York city a 26.2 mile block party. Is that an accurate description? Because if it is, yeah, you need to just take it all in and just slow down and enjoy it. Yeah, so I would say that is that is completely it, right? And, and that's kind of what – and that's what I told myself too. I was like, you know what? Like there's going to be so many people. And I had done – you know, I had in earlier races had done the whole thing where you're like weaving around people trying to get space. And right. that just wasn't going to happen. And I knew that. So I was like, you know what? Just enjoy it. Have fun. Run you know, experience it, right? Like soak it in, look around, you know, take in the sights. And I will say it was like, it was essentially a, a 25 and three quarters block party. You go in Brooklyn and you're in Williamsburg and you go through the um, Hasidic Jewish neighborhood. And for them, that's a day of work and yeah. it is completely quiet. And they're like, you know, they're with their families and they're walking down the street and they're just staring at you. You know, they're like, what are, what are all these people doing? You can see kind of like the bewilderment on these little kids faces. And the parents are just kind of like, you know, looking at you kind of weird as well. And then you go like another, you know, half mile and then you're back in the party zone. It was the weirdest, like, you know, loud noise, church choir singing. Then all of a sudden complete silence. And all you hear is like shuffling feet. And like, you know, people dropping cups and stuff. And then all of a sudden back to like the wall of sound. It was insane. Gosh, you, you're making me want to run New York. I honestly, like I, it, that was one of the things that I was, th you know, thinking about, you know, our conversation. I was like, man, we should, you know, if it's, if it's something you could even just, you know, attempt the lottery and, you know, who yeah. knows. It's a, it's an experience man it's a it's a bucket list type thing like i'd love to go back and do it again and probably do the charity route again um but man it was tough i mean it's hilly um it's windy uh it's you know it's all of it and uh, the bridges really just they they kind of take your toll they take the toll after a while just you know they're just long and you know those these little quiet parts and everyone's kind of motivating each other and everyone's talking and then it was a uh, it was cool man it it was it was something else did you feel so living at altitude you did a lot of your training at altitude right. did you was that did you feel a positive effect from that uh, yeah yeah i would say i would say i my legs felt good for a long time my heart rate stayed low for miles long you know i was kind of hitting certain you know check my watch and i was like all right stay within these range ranges you know you know right. if you push it a little bit but your heart rate's staying okay you're good and i would say for the per for probably for the first 18 19 miles that was definitely the case i was like oh yeah i can i can tell a noticeable difference like just in terms of where i was in my training runs and where i was on the day sure a lot of that's adrenaline and you know, the taper and the bit of rest that I had had as well. But yeah, coming down to altitude, you could, you know, I could just feel it, you know, in my lungs, but specifically right. in my legs for sure. Just, and honestly, the hills didn't, I mean, you know, at the end of it all, you know, the last couple bridges, definitely, you know, in fifth Avenue, 
um, is a steady uphill into Central Park and that kind of, but, you know, for the first 17, 18 miles, you know, doing the hills, doing the bridges, I was like, oh, I feel great. Like, I don't feel like I'm pushing up these hills like I do when I'm back home. So you just talked about the 18th mile. I want to talk about the 20th mile. So this yeah. was your first full. Yeah. How, how hard did that 20-mile wall hit you? You know, it held off until like 22. Okay. And, and then it hit me hard. You know, so <laughs> 20, you, you, it, you get into the Bronx at 20. And, uh, and this will be, you know, one of those things I never forget for the rest of my life. But, I, you know, you turn in the Bronx. All you're essentially doing is it's like seven turns. You're just kind of zigzagging through the streets and then kicking back into Manhattan. Um, but as soon as we get in the Bronx, there's this large gentleman. And he's all by himself at the end of the bridge clapping. And in this very deep voice, he just is yelling at every person that goes by. Like, you don't stop in the Bronx. You better not stop in the Bronx. And I was like, all right, not stopping in the Bronx. Like, I better, <laughs> better get through here as quickly as possible. And so, yeah, but it, getting back into Manhattan, um, yeah, like, vision started to get a little bit narrowed. Um, and I was like, oh, man, this is, you know, check my watch. And I was like, all right. I got four miles like this is going to be this is going to be a uh, a death march of sorts. Uh, I definitely started to uh, to feel like, oh, yeah, this is the first time you've ever gone this far. Four miles never feels so long ever. Yeah, you know, and, and, and it's so funny, right? I mean, in your training, you're like, oh, yeah, I got to go run four or five miles. Well, that's just, easy. Nothing. Yeah, you really break sweat. And yeah, I, you know, in my head, I'm like, okay, I can run four miles in this amount of time. And then I look down and I'm three miles. And I'm like, oh man, like <laughs> when you start, when you start doing the time thing, oh, you are so screwed. Yeah. I that would. is what you can't let happen. That took me probably four full marathons to figure out. <laughs> like you can't do the time thing. Cause I was it's in my head, man. And I, I do that a lot. I, 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 I'm, I've always been kind of so numbers and statistic oriented and like I found myself on long runs not even doing time but just doing long division in my head which is I mean the strangest thing but it is something that uh you know I don't know when, when I'm bored I just do math problems and so I caught That's myself terrible yeah when I was running I was doing like long division in my head just trying to <laughs> just like you know figuring out numbers I don't know it's you know, <laughs> you know Four hours, your brain goes to weird places, right? <laughs> when, when I when I was bored, I was doing long division in my head. That's the quote of the cast right there. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know what to say. It's the truth. <laughs> so when we were in high school, math was not one of the subjects we ever shared a class in because I definitely was not on your level with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that. That might be true. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. It's it's one of those weird things, man. I've always done it when I'm like exercising. I do math in my head, and I can't tell you why. Just do <laughs> whatever gets you through. I <laughs> yeah yeah at that at that twenty two twenty three mile though. That's when the the crowd stopped being so fun and like oh for a for a short moment in time was like super annoying i was like okay stop yelling at me 
I just want it to be quiet. I need to focus. I need to focus on my long division. Right, yeah. I'm, guys, I'm trying to do math here. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I knew my I knew my uh, my wife and my daughter were gonna be there at mile sixteen, but that's first Ave and first Ave is about ten people deep. And I heard him yelling my name, I just couldn't see him, so I was devastated. But I knew I'd see him again at mile twenty three because that's where the whole NORD charity group was gonna be at mile twenty three. So when I hit that first wall, I was like, just get to twenty three, just get to twenty three, yeah. you know. Seeing, you know, seeing your wife, seeing your daughter, seeing all the people there, like that's going to give you that extra shot. So that was like, you know, for the for that mile, two miles where I was in a dark place, like getting to 23 was where I needed to get. And so when I got there, I was like, okay, you know, and then you're right on the edge of Central Park and you got a 5K in. So, you know, you just got to trudge through it at that point. What was this that final 5K? in central park like because that, <laughs> that that to me just looks incredible but I, I also know for me like i am total like landmark guy I, I there would be part of me that would be like yes i made it to central park and then it's like ah shit there's still three miles to go yeah I'm still i still gotta go so so here, here's the thing so they asked us to at, at 23 when you see the in or deep up there like hey listen guys we understand but we, you know we're doing this for charity. Stop and take pictures with your community partners and you know all the people that have come out to support. I'm like, absolutely. That's that's why I'm here. That's my purpose for doing this. So stopped, you know, took the picture, took about 20 more steps, saw my wife and daughter, gave them both big hugs and kisses, and then took off about another hundred yards and probably was just jacked up and took it a little too fast. And my right calf just started to cramp up and it was just you know one of those things where each step on it i could kind of feel it just pulsing and i didn't want to do anything you know to the point where the whole leg seized up and so for about a half mile as we got into central park i kind of just was battling through i was like just get through this little bit it'll you know we'll, we'll work it out and uh luckily it did you know thank god but then you do i mean you get into central park and you have two and a half miles to go in from there there are no boundaries and the people are on the course i mean they are they are literally right next to you and you're kind of dodging people that are cheering for their loved ones or whatever just cheering you know had been at a brunch since you know 11 a.m and we're ready to go yell at some runners um and and so that'll that kind of got you right and there are finally some downhills because fifth avenue once you once you get back into Manhattan, which so like twenty one to nearly twenty four is just this steady uphill, and it just zaps you. And so you finally get to take a break on a bit of a downhill, and you're in Central Park. You're running by the zoo, you know, and then you turn down South Central Park, and you're you know half on the street, half in the park, and you can see the grandstands, and I mean everyone's. I mean it's packed right and so everyone's going nuts and it was just like at that point i think i ran i think my third fastest mile was the last mile because it was just all adrenaline like anything that i had left i put into that because it was just like it was it was too much it was just like i it's hard to kind of 
put into words what the feelings were like coming around that last turn, just the noise and the people and then just kind of, you know, the sense of accomplishment that sets in. What was it like crossing that finish line, knowing that you just ran 26.2 miles in New York city? Yeah, it was, I, there's, there's no words really. I mean, I was just like, did you cry? Oh, dude. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's no shame. There's no shame. I cry all the time. And I and honestly, I'll tell you, I cried a lot. And so one of my one of my good buddies who ran the race as well, his his wife is six months pregnant. And I saw her and I was crying and I was like, I feel like I'm pregnant. And she was like, she started laughing. She's like, what do you think? She's like, I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. I can't stop crying. And I was like, it just smells so bad right now. And I was like, it smells so bad. And she's like, because she was telling me a story about, you know, her first trimester, you know, being pregnant and living in Manhattan. She like couldn't leave the house because the trash out in the street just like killed her sense of smell and was making her nauseous. And we were like standing right by this massive, you know, pile of trash, you know, as you do in Manhattan. And I mean, but no, that, so you walk like a mile and a half after the finish line and you have to walk through central park and then you turn back out and then you walk down and they give you your poncho and then you have to keep walking to the family zone. So I walked like, two and a half miles after the race and it was just like it was like a zombie crawl just like just you know people cramping up you know guys needing you know more liquids you know people just laying down (laughs) it's just like hey i'm not moving for a little bit and um so yeah i mean post race it was just it was all the emotions it was you know i'm not a big crier but i i you know i can't be a big baby uh, and yeah, I, I lost it there for a little bit. It was just, uh, it was overwhelming, I guess you'd say. There is something about that first one. I don't know if it's that you're not prepared for what you're going to feel when you cross the finish line, when you understand the gravity of what you just did with all the work that you put in for the months leading up to it. But that first one, man, I, I mean, I'll never forget my first full and crossing the finish line. I, I'll just always remember embracing my brother and telling him I wanted a cheeseburger while crying because that was the only two things I could think about were, were, were cheeseburgers and holy crap, I just ran a marathon. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking that I wanted, I wanted nachos and I wanted a beer. Uh, yes. So I was just like, this is, this is what I want. And I need it right now. We had, you know, me and my buddies had already planned out, all right, we'll meet here and then we'll go, you know, hop on, you know, unfortunately hop on the subway and go down, you know, kind of get out of the crowd and then go pop into a bar and have some food, relax, you know, hydrate, but also, you know, have a beer or two and then get ready for the night. But yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was emotional. It was, it was, uh, it was something that, you know, seeing my you know seeing my wife and my daughter again and my my daughter had you know made the sign and it was just you know all those little things right that just like tug on every like emotion and uh then it was the whole like oh man it's really cold i need to change you know get it into some you know some dry layers and i couldn't like lift my leg to put pants on so we have this great we have this great, great photo of my like two like close 
old friends, you know, helping me put my sweatpants on because I was just my body was just shutting down. You know, it was like, what have you done to me? I feel like that you you were talking about the long walk and then having to get on the subway and all that. I feel like that is the one thing that ever keeps me from wanting to run one of these like major city marathons with the exception of Chicago. Cause that is not a point to point that finishes like pretty close to the start line. Yeah. But New York, like New York, Boston, LA, they all are, they don't finish anywhere near the start. So you either, have to have like a three hour start before the like how how far before your wave started were you up and on your way to the start line um oh man well so they got us in the corrals 40 minutes before we were set to go and so they had all like the goodwill bins to take off all your layers they had all the order potties lined up and then they let you go, and then it was like a 10-minute walk, and then you stood for like another 10 minutes before you actually went. And then even then, right, because I was like in the mid part of my corral, like, you know, just waiting for like any sort of space to like actually start moving was, you know, I mean, yeah, any marathon that size, those sort of challenges are wild. And yeah, post-race, just just trying to keep your legs moving to just right. get out park you know they give you the the you know the heat sheets to wrap around you but i mean by this point you know you're in manhattan there is no sun in this time of year right because this the the skyscrapers literally block out the sun so it's already right. kind of dark you know it's you know two in the afternoon and it's already starting to get a little dark getting cold now and it's just like oh man i need to get that parka on as quickly as possible so it was like trying to move to just to get to that station i was like once i get that on on, I'll be okay. Once I get that on, I'll be okay. And they, you know, they have the bags for you with the Gatorades and the, you know, salt and all that. And, uh, those were lifesavers, but yeah, that the post race, I had heard about it and read about it, but didn't quite comprehend. I was like, Oh, I'll just be so happy. I'm done. And I was like, no, I just wanted to like, stop moving. I just wanted to be somewhere. Like I could just sit down. I just like needed to be like still for like a little bit. You truly can't do enough research on what it's like to finish marriage. You can only experience it. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, and that's, that'll, that'll be what's kind of interesting, right? Is, you know, I don't know. I, I always felt like, I mean, even from like the first half marathon I did, the second one, I felt so much better because in my mind, I knew what to expect. And so when I, when it eventually happened, I kept calm. And my body right. was, this is normal. This is okay. Where, you know, I think I fully, you know, fully panicked, uh, you know, there towards the end when, you know, things started to break down. Cause it's like, I don't know. I've never done this before. Like, I don't, I don't know how my body's going to respond, you know, and it, it's going to be different each time. But, you know, this was, yeah, it was, you know, that last 10 K was, uh, truly, you know, the new territory. Well, I think you always have to have one, – one phrase that Adam and I use a lot on this podcast is respect the distance. And I think you there's a fear that you – a respectful fear. Like don't be afraid of it, but just understand what you're coming into. You have to respect the distance, 13.1 or 26.2. 
Like, if you don't, if you think you have it because you've done it so many times, every time is different. Absolutely. <laughs> every time is different. So. And that was that was the learning curve, even in the training, right? Was just that yeah, from like training for half marathons to training for a full marathon, where it's like, no, like you have to like tie in nutrition, you have to tie in water, you have to tie, you know, you can't just go out there and run. Like you have to like plan and like figure out what works for your body and what doesn't. It was like a you know giant science giant science experiment you're running on yourself. Yeah, you were doing a science experiment, and while you were in the middle of the science experiment, you were doing long division in your head. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> exactly well, <laughs> Eric, this is like seriously probably no offense to my co-host Adam, probably my favorite episode that I've been a part of so far, just because I'm talking to an old high school buddy who I haven't talked to in years. I know it's, it's, you know, you and I message back and forth on it a little, little bit, you know, when you'd ask me to, if I, if, if I'd want to come on and talk about it. And I was like, you know, it's I was thinking about it. I was like, it's wild how, you know, a community like running or just, you know, just like seeing like old buddies kind of go through the same stuff you're going through, you know, obviously two completely different levels, me being quite novice at it, but you know, it's, it, it's cool. The sort of connections and re connections you can make through it it's been it's been really interesting i mean the two guys uh john and zach that i that i ran with in new york uh also dc graduates they were a bit they were a couple years younger than us but i mean just you know it was cool for the three of us i mean we just had a group text the entire training and everyone's you know sending screenshots of our run and talking about you know challenges and stuff like that it was just for three months it was this awesome conversation i got to have with two really old buddies about you know, just something completely different, uh, you know, kind of like a, a cool, like, you know, thing just for us to have. It was a, it was a fun experience. I do have one last funny story about the race if we have time. Oh yeah. We, we have, as, we really have as much time as we want because I mean, it's my podcast. So, <laughs> like, I mean, Adam's not here, so I can just keep going as long as I want to, um, my wife might differ yeah. in that opinion, but this will be, uh, please tell this story. I, I think it's become apparent uh, maybe through our – I mean you probably – even from when we were 15 years old. I, I, I'm in sales, so I like to talk. I like the sound of my own voice. <laughs> uh, so, But no, so we're, we got an Airbnb in Manhattan, right? Um, and – so it was this nice little two bedroom condo um, in the East Village, just east of, east of NYU. And so the night before the race, I was like, "Listen, I my alarm's going to go off at three forty five uh, in the morning, and I don't want to." I was talking to my wife. I was like, "I don't want to wake you up. Why don't you and Addie sleep in one bed, and I'll sleep in the other, and I'll just get ready and not bother y'all." So I slept in the room that faced the street, and it was hot in our uh, apartment so i had left the windows up and had fallen asleep dead asleep and did not realize that directly across the street was a bar um from our uh, apartment so the bars in new york close at 4 a.m and it was also daylight savings so they were open an additional hour which is just insane <laughs> but 2 30 in the morning 
I get woken up by Shania Twain, man, I feel like a woman. So if, if, you know, if you remember how the song starts, it starts with that, and it was just so loud. I like shot straight up in my bed and I was like, what? And I like looked, I like looked behind me, looked out the window and I see this crowd of people out in front of this bar and they are all singing Shania Twain, man, I feel like a woman. And in the chorus that she goes, whoa, oh, oh, and the whole bar is singing it. And I should be mad, right? I should be like, oh, and slam the window and go back to sleep. But I just can't stop laughing. And I'm just like smiling. I'm like, that looks like so much fun. Like those people look like they are having the best time right now. And so for the entire race, along with the long division, I was (laughs) I was singing Shania Twain, man, I feel like a woman. That is amazing. The only thing that would be better is if you slept through the entire thing and didn't know why that song was stuck in your head the entire race. <laughs> it, it was it was some sort of some sort of, you know, just hypnotism, you know. Right. The power of Shania was was brought into my soul for the race day. Shout out that, to her. That, song. that power is strong, my friend. I bought my dad a poster of her when I was like 13. Nice. That's a he loved her. Well, when we moved from uh, Atlanta to, uh, well, from Lawrence, I'll be more specific with you. When we moved from Lawrenceville to Castle Rock, uh, my yeah. dad tried to get like, he wanted to do the whole Colorado thing. So he like tried to get into country music. Oh, yeah. So that was, that was his thing. Because we weren't, I mean, you're you're Snellville. You're a little more on the. You're a little further redneck than we were in Lawrenceville. Yeah, uh, but uh, even though we were neighbors, I don't know. But uh, yeah, so my, but my dad, he just he had to do. He had to try to get into the country music thing. That was how he did it. So I have so many memories of that song, and I'm glad that now you have like the most badass memory you could. Oh of yeah, and I feel like a woman. Yeah, it was it was something, man. It was one of those, you know, a song you don't think about often and that will now always be linked. And I was just, yeah, it was. So that that's the one story that I was. I've been, you know, getting back into work this last week. Everyone's like, "Oh, tell me a story about the race." I'm like, "Let, let me tell you a story about Shania Twain." <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, sure. and somehow that's going to make its way onto our Instagram story. There you go. So that's perfect. <laughs> well, Eric, this has been an absolute blast. I want to run New York now. It's not going to happen yet, but you made me want to do it. You should. You should do it. It's. I mean, it, you know, like I said, if if only a bucket list thing. Just right. The, just the experience of it. Like I said, it, it'll never be a race you PR in. Um, but it is something that I mean, it's just, it was so cool. And it's, you know, spend the next day kind of sightseeing with the family letting them kind of experience you know have some fun you know and experience that way too uh was even better you know tied in and to, to something like that as well it's a it's a logistical nightmare my wife was like yeah i'm not doing this again with you like like traversing manhattan with a four and a half year old was impossible right oh, so, yeah. 
that that's where you just you got to get her to come out to like you guys come out to Columbus or something and yeah. run the Columbus a marathon. Right. It's a logistical. I will say, and I'm just gonna. This is not a paid advertisement. I don't make anything from Columbus. I pay a lot of money for that entry every year. But logistically, it is the best marathon, I think, for spectators. Because with the way the first, like, 10 miles of the course are, you can see your family feasibly four times easily. Yeah. And they don't have to walk very much. Like that, that was such a charge to me when I uh, ran Columbus this year was getting to see my wife and kid and nephew and brother and sister-in-law so many times throughout the course. It was just amazing, an amazing experience. So, yeah. And hearing you describe it on that, on that episode, your, your post-race episode was, I mean, you, you sold it well, man. I was, I was listening to it on the play and being like, man, this Sounds like sounds like an awesome run. Just the you know how you were kind of describing I mean, everything that they do within the city. I was like, that's that sounds absolutely incredible. If you're not from Ohio, you think Ohio is a terrible place. Uh, but it, if you're if you live here, you you understand it's really not that bad. Except for today, because it's like icy rain and it's going to snow overnight. It's going to be just a shit show in the morning. Oh man, yeah, we had we had that this morning here. But yeah, my my company's actually actually based out of Cincinnati, actually technically Hebron, Kentucky, but, um, I'm in, I'm in like the Cincinnati and Columbus a bit from time to time, you know, a couple times. A year. So you so know, I, Columbus is a cool town. I see the charms. Columbus is, I, I mean, I'm from Canton. I, we have nothing here, but uh, so, I'm, only, I'm only two hours from Columbus. So, well, yeah, Columbus is, is, is such a cool town and it is you're in your, your football team is so incredibly good this year that it's just nauseating. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Well, you know what? You're an Alabama fan, so you've had yours. Give me mine. I can't, I can't really, you know, after the losses last weekend, everyone's like, you feeling all right? I'm like, you know what? I, I, it's all, you got to put it all in perspective. You know, I mean, what am I complaining about? A potentially 11 in one season. Okay. That's fine. And you have what, like four championships under Saban? Five. Who's five? Yeah. <laughs> I, I got two in my thirty-three years of being alive. Like I, I'm, I'm a little hungrier than you are for it. So you know, and, and it's so funny. I throughout my entire entire life, there's always been Ohio State fans wherever I've lived. My my one of my oldest friends growing up in Snell. Her family was from Columbus, and they were huge Ohio State fans. Then meeting you, and, and now I have a good buddy, Chris, who grew up in Columbus, and he's a massive Ohio State fan. So it's just like this team and my friendships have just run parallel my entire life. I should hate them a lot more than I do, but it's like I, I know too many good people that are fans that I, I can't cheer against them is the sad part of it all. Yeah, and you know what? You're an Alabama fan, and it, but it could be way worse. You could be a UGA fan. Oh God, the worst, the worst. <laughs> they just ride your coattails as oh, much as they are, can. What a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
There we go. That's yep. what we should end on. We'll end on a high note bashing UGA. Right. <laughs> so, Eric, again, thank you so much. We'll, we'll, we'll have to have you on again a few months down the road. I want to kind of like circle back to where your running journey is, yeah. uh, is taking you. So you, you've had eight days to process it. Um, so hopefully you're, you're going to be getting back out on the streets soon. Oh yeah. I, I couldn't wait. I started, I, I ran a little bit towards the end of last week, got six miles in today. I mean, there uh, you go. Body's feeling pretty good. So I'm, I'm already, I'm already itching. Just like I said, just to get that routine back in going. That's, that's what I like to hear. So, all right. Well, again, thank you to everyone else. Uh, you can listen to us on all of your favorite podcast, uh, programs, applications, whatever you want to call them. Uh, feel free to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Rust Belt Running. Uh, and I think that's pretty much it. So Eric, all our listeners, enjoy your miles, everyone.